Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Jerry Ferrara and Olivia Harlan Decker. So December brings back memories for so many people of finals. Like if you can think back to high school, college finals and the final exams to end the semester. And I kind of think it's the same in the NFL. Like who's failing? Who's passing? We're going to dig into the current picture, scenarios, betting angles, everything. Jerry Ferrara, do you ever think about these bad memories of like final exams right before the winter holiday? You know what? I do remember all that. And I just I do remember, of course, I couldn't wait for the holidays, but I couldn't wait for football around the holidays is the greatest. And the fact that the way these games along with college football all line up with the holidays, like New Year's Eve is going to be insane. Christmas, it's all yep. like it, it's sandwiched in all the holidays this year, which I think is nice. I think it takes some of the edge off of Santa and presents and all. There's something in it for mommy and daddy. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. This is my first. Yeah. First Christmas as a mom. And I already told Sam we are not getting the baby one thing. He's seven months old. If I threw him like a piece of, you know, a Kleenex, he'd be thrilled. Yeah, he'll like the boxes of your guys' gift. Like, you guys are open yeah, stuff, and he'll just yeah. want the box of the wrapping paper. And, like, as an adult, I told Sam, don't get me anything. Like, take me to a nice dinner. You know what I mean? Like, that's all. Yeah. What Do you guys do gifts, or do you just say, like, let's, you know, get that new garage door we were <laughs> You know what? Like we're, we're doing that, and I think, but what we're trying to go for is, and this is more of a breathing, she wants infrared sauna in the house, <sighs> which I'm like, yeah, that sounds weird. So how are we supposed to... So this is all in the spirit of like saving money. Let's not go crazy for Christmas. Let's go get an infrared spot. Of, I don't know how to build. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think you want to build that. That's a big I'm kind gift. of excited, though. The three-year-old, Jacob wants a skateboard. I'm taking back the fancy dinner now. I think I'm yeah, just go infrared sauna. sauna. I mean, she's, she's also <laughs> telling me, like, you should reach out to them on Instagram. I'm like, oh, I know where that, what that means. You know, she's right. She's aye, right. Aye, aye. I'm the one who wants to do work. What was the story you were going to say? Oh, he, my three-year-old, this is, I found this exciting. He wants a skateboard. I don't know how he even knows what a skateboard oh. is. I'm, I haven't been on a skateboard since I was 16. He really wants a skateboard. So I guess I have a, I have a skater kid. I didn't even know. 
Ooh, recipe for a broken arm. Yes. So get ready for that. We have a big show today, Jer, as we welcome in NBC's Matthew Barry, fantasy football guru. He made the jump from ESPN to NBC after 15 years over at ESPN. That happened this offseason. So we'll get his take on the playoff picture, the career change. I find that stuff really interesting. And the expansion of legal sports betting and fantasy football, everything. I can't wait to talk to Matthew Barry. But let's take a look at the playoff picture. I'm curious what you're going to think now as we're looking at updated odds, starting with the AFC. The Chargers now have the seven seed after a big win over Miami. It kind of quieted people comparing Justin Herbert into a tongue of Iloa. I thought that was kind of a bad comparison anyways, to be honest. Like, I think Herbert has the brighter future, longer career ahead of him. Kind of a tangent. But they own the current tiebreaker against the Jets. Bengals and Ravens are both nine and four, but look like two teams. They look like they're headed in the opposite direction. Now Ravens might be on their third quarterback this weekend. But what do you think about the AFC for teams who are on the cusp? Well, I was certainly a little off. I was worried about the Chargers when we talked about it a few weeks ago because of their schedule and their health, although they seem to be getting healthier. There's talk of Bosa, which Mm -hmm. that would be huge for them. Huge. You know, Herbert with the lead throwing like 43 passes was was crazy. Look, I'm with you. There's not I don't see the debate of who's better. I think both quarterbacks are very, very good. I think Herbert has the chance to be one of the best. And Tua, who has the stats to back up all the hype that he's gotten, we are really going to learn a lot because I, I heard the rumors that they had like heaters on because it was like 55 degrees in L.A. So the yeah. Dolphins, I, well, they're going to Buffalo this Saturday at eight o'clock at night. And that is going to be a real, like if Tua plays well, if Miami wins or just even loses, but Tua, if it's like a duel, Tua, I think will earn, I think everyone could shut up about Tua. Is he good? Is he not? That being said, even if he has a tough game, I would not say, all right, we're all out on Tua. I just certainly would say it might be really hard for you in that division, being that you should be in the AFC South. Let's be honest. You should be in the South. Yeah. <laughs> you should not be in the NFC East. You are on the East Coast. You should be in the South. It's a, it's, a, it's a disadvantage for them, in my opinion, when it comes to December. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, that's not a good sign when you've got the, the heaters <laughs> on the side and 50 degrees. Come on. So Ravens are minus 135 to win the AFC North. Bengals plus 110. The Bengals have the highest ticket percentage and handle over at BetMGM. So people are still loving the Bengals. Okay, let's look at NFC. Vikings will win the North. Eagles will probably win the East. The Niners should win the West. The South is a shit show. Beyond the Cowboys, the last two spots I think are up for grabs. So who do you think gets those last two spots? Well, Giants, Commanders. Well, we're going to get that. I mean, that game, which we know is coming Sunday night. So for me, this Sunday night's big. I I hate to say that the Giants took the week off against the Eagles. They didn't. The Eagles are just significantly better. Uh, The Giants do not have the firepower to go into battle, but they could still kind of control their own destiny if they beat the Commanders. I do like the Giants to do that, even though it's on the road. What gets me about this whole wildcard situation is I actually think of the Giants and the Commanders and a team like the Panthers, I think the Panthers are the best of all three. And yeah, they've just been so snake bit, but they really are like the DJ Moore helmet thing could actually be the reason why the Panthers don't get it's as simple as that. That might be mm-hmm. the thing that screwed them out of the playoffs. But my money would be on the Giants still right now. But of course, I, I just I just like where they're st- where, where they're at. But this game's going to tell us everything. this is a playoff game on Sunday. We're getting our first. Yeah, our first real playoff game this Sunday. I know. We kind of thought this last weekend was going to be like our playoff preview. The Panthers look like the only ones who want to win it. <laughs> it's like 
Such a mess. Yeah, they're physical. They're, the defense is good. The running backs are good. Quick thing on Heineke. I'm, I don't know if our yeah. listeners know this. I don't know if you know this. I found this to be interesting as a sneakerhead. This goes back to last year with Heineke. He, after he slays a team, goes out and buys a pair of Jordans that are the same colorway as the team he just beat. So I thought that that's something what? I would do if I was an NFL court. Like if you beat the Vikings, you're coming home with some like Bel Air Jordans, you know? So I, I would completely, or actually Grape Fives would be maybe something like that. I, I just thought that was cool about Heineke. I don't want to like them, but that makes me like them. Oh, I like them. I'm all on. And remember last, last year, this got more hype, this story, but we should remind our listeners and remind you if you forgot that he was sleeping on his sister's couch before he got picked up. Like he's a, what we call rags to riches story as far as NFL players go. I mean, pretty good so i'm always cheering him on i like that he's got a good head on his shoulders and now i love i love his jordan story that's pretty good i love a sleeping on the couch story jeremy lynn was my favorite one when he was sleeping on landry field's couch but if i slept on the couch at 43 years old i could not i could not play (laughs) nfl quarterback the next day let's just say that (laughs) no and i don't think anyone's asking you to (laughs) no they don't want me off the couch oh yeah, no, commanders can be dangerous with him, though. They've got playmakers. I like scary Terry McLaurin. They're running the ball well, good defense. Heineke can be a gunslinger when he needs to. So um, I, I'm watching the commanders pretty closely. What about NFL win totals? Did you did you do any of that this offseason? I did. In addition to the Seahawks for the division, which we know about, yeah. I did take the Seahawks over, which I think was a five and a half at the time. I did take the Giants yeah. over, which... I think they've already hit or they need one more win to hit. I definitely had a loss in there. I think I definitely took, I think I took bears over was stupid, which was a loss, but there's been a lot of variance to say the least in these over under wins. I remember you kind of hyping up the bears a little bit. I mean, see how you were hyping up the Texans a little bit. (laughs) Listen, I hyped up the Texans to upset, to be, have one of the biggest upset wins of the year. Which they almost almost did this past weekend. (laughs) Doesn't it, didn't it feel like they like called down to, Lovey Smith, when they were on like that for first and goal from the one after that interception, and then they just ran through four of the worst plays I've ever seen for the right. Cowboys to stop them. It's like there's draft picks on the line here, Lovey. You don't want to win this one. I know they don't, and you've got to look at that. You've got to know that's in the back of their minds. I guess not so much a head coach though. I I always think this about players too. Players cannot tank. You know what no. I mean? No. That's they how you get hurt, tank. by the way, in the NFL. It's like not trying. I feel like you're more likely right. to get hurt that way. And let's be real, at the end of the day, as an athlete, as a player, you're considering your future before you are the franchises. So, like, you want to put up your stats. You want to provide for your family. You want to sign a good contract in the offseason. You kind of don't care about their draft picks, you know? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't want to. I would have to really have a long-term contract with T. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't think, I just don't think athletes, players think in that way like hey if we lose these two we get a great draft pick there's so much pride on the line and also their own safety but also if you're the texans you gotta just love 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 the browns losing and deshaun watson not looking good because even if you do win a game that pick just gets better and better by the week oh by the by the second yeah Yeah. and just it feels good just like get him out of here and let's watch him lose so yeah we we keep mentioning it was a weird weekend we talked before we started recording, it was kind of a sad weekend, a sad week with uh, the passing of Mike Leach. I, I, I cannot believe I'm saying that. That's as someone who is so in love with college football and so ingrained in college football, that one feels like a major loss in the world of college football. 
that's tough. I was following that story because at first people thought he passed and they're saying, no, he didn't, but it's just awful. That's, I've been watching some highlights of his, uh, it, it's oh, the worst part of it all. Mm -hmm. It's really where you start to say like, we love sports, sports are the best, but there's just a family element to this and a human element that sometimes it's a good, it's just a good reminder to all of us. So yeah, it, it was definitely a tough week with Mike Leach. And then also obviously everything going on at the world cup with Grant Wall is right. one of the, you know, most prestigious, I mean, he is the soccer football journalist. And then I know another journalist passed away too. It's so coming off those tragedies, then the Mike Leach tragedy, it just was a tough week in sports. So uh, going into this holidays, let's, let's enjoy the football and let's do all that, but let's also give our family a hug. Yeah. Oh, that's well said. It's funny. Just it's people at the end of the day. You know what I mean? As, as we cover these sports, it's, it's people, it's families, it's, it's everything. And that's the weird part. And Jerry, I know you're kind of new to being a, a sports uh, journalist. We can call you now, I think, officially. You do have to cover a lot of ugly things, a lot of sad things. And yeah, yeah this week was kind of one of those. But on a positive note, a great story to come out of this weekend was Baker Mayfield. And I, I don't know if this will be sustained. A lot of people saying that final drive, 98 yards that he led the Rams on was they were in press coverage. It was kind of a gimme. They were in prevent defense. Like uh, there are a lot of people who are like, oh, it wasn't that hard. But you've got to admit, a guy who landed on a Tuesday and played on a Thursday, I think he wore a game jersey before he wore a practice jersey. And pulling that off for a career that's been kind of riddled with injuries and haters and some drama and everything. I was just really happy for Baker Mayfield in that moment. I was too. And look, he's, he's not the first player to leave the Cleveland Browns and end up having success with the LA Rams. Odell Beckham, we're talking about you. Yeah, I just, it's great to see people are going to try to poke holes in it. I do think the Rams are in a pretty precarious situation without having their draft picks, with all the payroll that they have. Like, mm -hmm. this could be a good way to, if it is a blow-up situation, soften the blow-up, or even the retool, because Stafford, who I love, I don't know. Are you secure on how much longer Stafford plays for and what he has left? Now, I'm not even saying that I think he doesn't have anything left. Mm -hmm. It's just hard to tell because the guy's hurt and the guy's taking a lot of hits. So to take a flyer and bring Baker in for whatever Mike Lombardi told us it was, like $1.1 at that point, if you're the Rams, money is not an object. Yeah, that's chump change. You know, he's still young. He's the number one overall pick. I think it was a great move by them to, mm -hmm. kick, to kick the tires there. And who knows, that could be their way of rebooting without having, you know, not going to be able to draft the quarterback in the first round this year. So that yeah. might be a way to a, a sneaky way to do it. Yeah. So that was a feel good story. Later in the show, you know, we introduced the audible of the week that's coming up. His post game comments, I thought were a lot of fun. So that's going to be our audible of the week coming up. I have a question for you, Jerry, stick in with New York, <sighs> going to New York, the bills. I feel like they're not as scary as we thought they were preseason. Von Miller's now out the rest of the season. If they win out and they have home field advantage, I think that's huge. But I mean, I don't think they want to see a team like the Jets again, even. I, I feel like they're looking kind of mortal. I think that's correct. I will say I love to underestimate the Jets. No one loves to underestimate the Jets more than I do. <laughs> you just can't do it in a weird way. If you look at that win for the Bills, which normally a Bills-Jets game that ended that way. So yeah, the Bills might have been off. I don't, I think the Jets... To beat the Jets, you almost have to kill them. And they almost killed Mike White. Mike White almost <laughs> yeah. died on the field. Oh, my God. He took, Poor guy. Yeah, he took Ugh. two or three of the biggest legal, no helmet-to-helmet -helmet hits 
than yeah. I think I've seen a quarterback take in a long time. And he still kept coming. Quinn and Williams even went down and they were still fighting. I hate to give the Jets all this credit, but I do. Yeah, you definitely don't want to see the Jets again. But I also think that I think the Bills will be okay in home field for them. I, I just think that's huge. In case you do see a Dolphins or a Chargers mm-hmm. or, one, or the Chiefs, a high powered, although I don't think Mahomes cares where he plays. I think home field is probably most important to them out of the teams that could still get it. Because of weather? Because of weather. And just, yeah, I just think that yeah. they are built for, for that exact type of game. Yeah. And we're going to learn a lot by the Bills Dolphins this week and then see a team who maybe not, who knows if they're built for that. So I think it could help the Bills the most. I guess I just feel like other teams are hitting their stride now. And like when I mentioned the finals analogy, like this is kind of where you have to be at your best this time of year. And I feel like the Bills are at their best right now where other teams are streaking, getting their act together. A team like the Bengals comes to mind. You know what I mean? Like where you're kind of like, oh, they're better than we thought they were. One team that's really getting their act together at the right time, the Lions. They won for the fifth time in the past six weeks, beating the NFC North leading Vikings. They were a one and a half point favorite at home. They covered winning by 11 and it was the most bet game of the weekend. Did you put money on this one? I did. So I, I had a parlay and a teaser. I've been hitting teasers all year long, folks. And yes. I listen, I know a lot of people have a lot of feelings about teasers. If you believe in them that much, throw them in a parlay. Well, I had a parlay that I went 0 for 3. I lost all three picks of my money line oh. parlay, but my teaser I needed every single one of those 10 points. I actually pushed the Vikings up to 12 or 12 and a half and covered basically by that one point because the Lions in the fourth quarter just destroyed them. That was a close game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. And they just put some separation. It is really impressive what's going on with the Lions. And Olivia, I want to ask you this because I got into a debate with Twitter, mainly one person on Twitter who I thought had a terrible take, and I called him out based <laughs> off an Ian Rappaport article saying how what a mistake it would be for the Lions to stick with Goff and not draft a quarterback with one of their two top 15 picks that they'll have. Okay, before I, I didn't see your tweet. So before you tell me your take on it, mm-hmm. I already have a take on this, and I think Jared Goff right now is playing this game so well, and, and I don't mean the game football, I mean the the contract game. I feel like he's in a great position to stick around and earn some money now. I, I think Detroit would be foolish to waste one of their draft picks right now for a quarterback who right now they've got a quarterback who's getting it done. Listen, you could. Are you we could, disagreeing? No, no, no. That is my perspective. I would maybe feel differently if that Rams pick was going to be number one. Then I would maybe say take a long, hard look if there's a quarterback you'd love or number two. I don't think it's going to fall there. The, the Rams will probably be somewhere between four and six. The Lions pick is getting better, worse and worse because they're winning. I think Goff has had a great season. I think that offense has played amazing. Yes, you could say, well, maybe it's the emergence of Amon Ross St. Brown. He hasn't even had DeAndre Swift for most of the season. Jamal right. Williams is the best goal line running back probably in football. I think that it got off to a rough start. I think his last 10 games, he's been fantastic. He's top 10 in yards. He's top 10 in touchdowns and that number. And it's just getting better and better. And they're on a win streak. So if you have say fourth or fifth overall, and then say 15th overall, I'm not saying you're building around golf, but would it hurt you to take, to add another defensive player and maybe another wide out or another offensive lineman to go with what mm-hmm. you already have. I think that puts you squarely in control of the NFC North. No disrespect to your Packers. 
No disrespect to the Vikings, who could easily be like, I don't even know, like six and six. I know. So Stupid I'm Vikings. in on golf. I'm in <laughs> on golf. I am too. And this offense is clicking. Like if you were to ask us in August, if in December we are saying how good the Lions offense is looking, I would think we were tripping mushrooms in Joshua Tree like we did in Entourage <laughs> that we're going to talk about later, by the way. But also a key piece of this offense that's emerging. And I personally am really excited about this kid. He's wide receiver Jamison Williams from Alabama. His first NFL catch went for a 41-yard touchdown reception. I interviewed him last year after the SEC championship, and I remember he just like lit up. Like He was a really likable guy, really excited about his future and about Bama and all this. He tore his ACL a couple weeks after that in the national championship, which was actually a huge reason why Alabama lost to Georgia that night. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of been following his career, and it's really great to see that they were patient with his rehab. And now he's inserted... Again, right time, right time of the year, and he's he's doing well. So I'm excited to see that. Yeah, I never thought I'd be lobbying for uh, Jared Goff. To, I know to I know. Uh, to keep What's his gig. On? I I just think the guys earned it. Oh, that's the last part of the debate. Someone, <laughs> this guy said, I have Goff as like 21st to 30, like basically in the bottom eight of quarterbacks. I'm like, wait a second, you could name 21 quarterbacks in the NFL right now, not three years ago, now that are better than Goff. No. I'm not saying that means Goff is the guy to lead you to a Super Bowl or base that decision. Who, by the way, has played in the Super Bowl. Say what you want. Yeah, yeah. I have a hard time finding like 10 quarterbacks better. Seriously. I mean, Geno Smith, yeah, you could say that three weeks ago. Do you say that for the last two weeks? Maybe mm. not. So I, I didn't really find 21 quarterbacks better than Jared Goff. Maybe someone else can. Jerry, listen to this stat I heard today. There have been 54 different starting quarterbacks in the NFL this season. Now think about that. 32 teams, let's say each one of them started two. That'd be 64. So we're only 10 fewer than if every NFL team started two different quarterbacks this year. Like That's wild. And think of the names we talk about. Mike White, Brock Purdy, Baker Mayfield in LA. (laughs) Um, Darnold's back. Darnold, yeah. Sam Ellinger. (laughs) Sam Ellinger. Yeah, the Sam Ellinger project. I remember that. Who else? I'm I'm missing another one. Well, you got Mike White. Even who the Ravens starting this weekend? Who's their third? Flacco played two games. It's been it's been crazy. So this is a weird year, and I think this is a huge reason why I love this league so much. Is it's really hard to predict. And I know we sit around all summer and we talk about futures and all this, but. This is the part that's so fun to cover. It's it's better. You know, I love Real Housewives. I love reality TV. This is that. I'll tell you what, though. It's made for a lot of fun bets, all these quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's made for a lot of fun bets. And I think it's also made it a lot of fun for the book. Like betting. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been, I think you're I think right. it's been fun yes. at times for both sides. I think both sides have had yes. a lot of fun and have had a lot of sadness at times, too. Yeah, but I think our employer are, are cashing those checks with a big smile on their face. So we have to elaborate a little bit on Brock Purdy since I brought him up. So the 49ers rolled over Tom Brady and the Bucks, who were basically missing their whole defense. And everyone, including myself, said that Brock Purdy really just had to be a game manager. And look, he did so much more than that. He was actually pretty great. (laughs) I'm the millionth person to make that dad joke, but I had to get it in. He threw for two touchdowns and ran for one in the first half alone of his first career start. And he's just the second quarterback to ever do that. And obviously, Debo Samuel is going to be out for some time with an ankle injury. Or we should really be glad it's not a knee injury. He'd be out for the rest of the season with that. But 
what do you make of the of the 49ers? I, I feel like I've been sitting here all season lobbying, like, don't count them out. They're going to be great. They're going to get healthy. And that was before I knew Garoppolo was out. I have been rooting against them because of my Seahawks play and then also thinking of our own BetMGM's own Peter Andrew and just showing up on the first episode of this show this year wearing his 49er jersey. I'm right. like, oh, I got, now I got an enemy. That mm-hmm. being said, think about the storyline. You talked about quarterbacks. I made that bet on the Seahawks mainly based off of Trey Lance. I don't know if Trey Lance would have reached <laughs> the level to where Brock Purdy already seems to be at. I mean, there's such different types of quarterbacks, but I'm feeling you with Brock Purdy. I think there's something there. And uh, I think it's going to make the whole situation crazy. What happens if the Niners, we talk about what happens if the Niners win the Super Bowl with Garoppolo. What happens if the Niners win the Super Bowl with Purdy? We'd have to call up Jeff Perlman and tell him to start doing his 700 interviews to get ready for that book because that would be a book and then you make it a movie, find me some role in it so I can retire nicely, but that would be a story for the ages. Yeah. And just think like Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner, who's a great story. Obviously that became a movie undrafted, but yeah, it would be a great story. And obviously there's already another great story of an undrafted. Now, Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant, so he was technically drafted, barely. And Kurt Warner, undrafted, won Super Bowls, Hall of Famer. You know, a a story like that is so rare, and that became a movie. So, Jerry, I'm just saying, you jump all over this. If Brock Purdy does something amazing here, I want you to get the rights. What do you call it? Not the rights. What do you guys call it? The the right, life rights. No, you're on it. You're on it. That's correct. Look at you. Look at you. I'm I'm trying to learn something from you. Oh my God. So yeah, a lot, a lot going on. We got to be, we're honest on this show. It wasn't like the most fun week in sports. So definitely not. It was no. not, but we, we, man, I mean, I hit a teaser, so I, I found some fun <laughs> so that's in that, fun. but so outside that's fun. of that, no. Yeah. So for a little bit of fun, let's get to our audible of the week. It's the king of LA Baker Mayfield. I, I mean, I had Sean, Liam and, and Zach Robinson help me study for since I landed. Um, didn't think it was going to play out like this, but I am sure happy we covered the two-minute operation. My goodness. <laughs> Originally, I was angry about having to go through many, so many coaching changes and learn so many new things, but that for sure helped right there. Uh, just learning protections first and then just talking with those guys on offense about the you know the concepts that I like, and luckily I've, I run a lot of them, um, and they put some good plays out there and put me in a good position to win. What yeah. time is it right now? Seriously. <laughs> He's not on the time zone yet. 8.30. 8.30. So- I landed at 7.15 on t- Tuesday. Got to the facility okay, at so nine. it's been over 48 hours. <laughs> Did you know you were going to be in in Los Angeles as soon as uh, Carolina let you go? Was this one of the potential teams that said, you know what, that's probably a good spot for me? I took a gamble. I booked the flight uh, before the waiver wire went through. <laughs> okay. I love it. Uh, Let's bring in our guest. He turned his fantasy into a reality by becoming the face of fantasy sports. He's a New York Times bestselling author and a go-to source for fantasy advice to some of the biggest names in the world, some of the biggest stars from NBC Sports. Matthew Barry is here. Matthew, thanks for joining us in your studio with that beautiful background. Thank you, Olivia. It's uh, my pleasure to be here, guys. How are you? We're doing good. We've been laughing at uh, some of Jerry's fantasy football this weekend and but first of all Matthew how many leagues are you in like for fun well they're all for fun they're a all for fun and they're all serious because I have to 
Like I'm not allowed to not win one, right? You know what I mean? Like I get when I don't win and I, you know, it happens, obviously, I get unbelievable amounts of grief. <laughs> yeah. I always joke about this. A number of years ago, we decided to do a friends and family league. So like it's my me and my wife and my kids and uh, like their friends and their friends, parents and like, you know, it's a neighborhood league, right? And it's just friends and family. So each adult had a kid that they were paired with and they, and the kids <laughs> drafted, you know, and we we're like, we just handed them sheets and okay, fine. So I don't know, we're like four or five weeks in and, um, you know, our, our team's fine. It's like middle of the pack or whatever. And like my, at the time, my like eight-year-old goes, well, well, are we in first place? I'm like, no, no, you know, we're like in fourth, we're fine. And he goes, well, we're going to win, right? I mean, I have you as my coach. <laughs> now I'm like, great. Now I got to, now I got to win, you know, now I got to crush a bunch <laughs> of 10-year-olds because, you know, my kid's expecting us to win because I'm his dad and we've got the, you know. We got the, uh, we're in this league. So yeah, I'm in 16 <laughs> leagues, Olivia, to answer your oh, question, your original question. I get you having the win yeah. too, because that's like, your kid's looking at you, you're Superman. You're like, wait a minute, Superman doesn't fly? I don't understand what you have to fly. Yeah. Listen, hopefully you picked up someone that none of the little kids know about. I have to ask you, because I've talked a lot about fantasy on the show and my feelings, you know, you and I have talked before. I go back to scoring- yeah fantasy with a pencil in the USA Today. I'll say this for you, Jerry, and we I think we've talked about this the last time we did one of these uh, together, but there's a real real thing, Olivia. Like, I remember it was a way back in the day of uh, fantasy sports, and when before it was, when it was still considered nerdy, when it was still very niche, we were still trying to get it into the mainstream, we would, like, anytime we heard of somebody, you know, a celebrity or anything like that that would talk about fantasy, we're like, oh, you know, we hung on to it, and yeah. literally, yeah. Like, like, the two the first two celebrities I ever remember hearing playing fantasy football were the late, great Meatloaf and Jerry. And I was just like, wow, wait, Turtle from Entourage places? You know, and like, yeah, a thousand percent. And so, I mean, Jerry was absolutely one of the very first celebrities to talk openly about, hey, yeah, I play fantasy football. I enjoy it. It's one of my hobbies. So um, wow. we always appreciate him carrying the flag early. I saw all the guys with Entourage, too. They would always ask what I'm obsessing about. And I... I think Connolly, Kevin Connolly, I finally won him over. I know you've spoken with him a lot too. He's now in. He's almost yep. more in than me. I've scaled back just because I have two young kids now and Olivia has a young son. I couldn't balance the sports betting now with all of it. So I'm in three leagues, one of which still has a kicker, Matt. And I'm beside myself that I've lost. I'm not going to make the playoffs in this league. And a lot of it is because I had a kicker who couldn't make an extra point. And that should be illegal now, right? Shouldn't kickers officially be illegal in fantasy sports altogether? Like, just not even an option. Ban kickers, 100%. I'm all in. You got to play super flex. It's the, it's the best way to play. I am, if it makes you feel better, Jerry, I think in the, of the 16 teams, I'm 16 leagues I'm in, I want to say kickers, we've used kickers and I want to say like four or five of them. Like, so I haven't been able to fully get rid of them in any of the leagues I play in. Like, the league that I play in with all my college buddies, I've been in this league for like 30 years. And it's just like the commissioner is like kind of an old school guy who doesn't, you know, like this is how we've always played. And I'm like, but we play with defenses and kickers. And I literally needed, I'm third in, in that league. I'm third in total points, but I've had some bad scheduling luck. And I literally needed Ugh. four points from Nick Folk last night to get into the playoffs. And like, there's nothing. And we ended up getting it, obviously. And so uh, I'm in it. I co-own the team with my college roommate. And it's like a way that we, we stay in touch over the years. But it was like, you know, there's nothing worse than sweating stupid Nick Folk to make a 50 yarder. And you're like, you know, it's like, anyway, so yeah, band kickers. I'm with you, Jerry. There's nothing. And that's a tough one. That's a bad beat when you, when you're not making the playoffs because of a missed extra uh, point. 
So a lot of Jerry's leagues are filled with celebrities. He's being very humble yep. here, and I've tried to get him to name drop a little bit of who's in them, but the only one I know really, Jerry, CJ McCollum, that you've said. CJ McCollum's in one. I'm still recovering from my loss to Bobby Flay. I even asked Bobby Flay because he he trash talked me. I asked him like, "Is Matt, are you Bobby talking to Matthew Flay. Barry?" I had to ask because he had a couple of really slick moves. I'm like, "Are you talking to Matthew <laughs> Barry, bro? Are you talking to Bobby Flay?" Him and I have emailed once or twice, but not a See? lot. I mean, he's a good no, but he's a good fantasy player because I've back when I was at ESPN, we did a couple of like celebrity leagues with him, and sometimes when you do those celebrity leagues. Sometimes the celebs know what they're doing, and sometimes you sort of got to help them out and kind of draft for them behind the scenes. And Bobby was like, no, no, I'm good. You know what I mean? And, and he drafted a really good team. So Bobby's a really good player. He's a really good player. So, yeah, it, it is it's fantasy or cooking. It's hard to beat Bobby Flay. No question. <laughs> what about any U.S. president? I've never been in a league with a U.S. president. I did have the we had the second gentleman. It's okay. weird to sort of say that, but yeah, that's the second gentleman. So Vice President Harris's husband. Doug Emhoff is a big fantasy player, and he actually was on my podcast, the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, and he's in a he's been in like a thirty year league with all of his old law school buddies, wow. and so that was cool. They were like, you know, we, you know, it's like <laughs> it's not often that you get a call from the White House, like you're like, you know, is this Frank, <laughs> and um, they're like, no, like you know, the the second gentleman wants to talk about fantasy football and would wow. love to come on your show. We're like, we, you know. Anyone that's in the White House is more than welcome on my show. Right, right. Who's the real running back in San Francisco? <laughs> I can imagine what those questions are like. But it is. It's like one of those weird things. I, I literally <laughs> joke with them. I'm just like, can't you like you get a, you know, your wife gets, you know, the top level security clearance every single day. Can't you just like say, like, listen, who's um who's getting the targets in San Francisco this week? You know, can you kind of flip that in there? Like they know everything. You know, and he didn't want to he didn't want to do that. He's, you know, he's playing it above board. But uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was fun. So um, certainly that's that's the closest I've gotten to a White House uh, okay. fantasy football interaction. So I've done a little bit of a 360 and I don't know if you've actually spoke because I obviously listen to all your stuff. I don't know if you've ever spoken about this. I know you have. I might have even heard you on Simmons maybe talk about it. But obviously, when I first started playing, I was in like total points leagues. And then I was really young and everyone started doing head to head. So we transitioned to that. And it's been head to head for eternity. But I am no longer down with head to head because in one of these leagues, too, I think I have the second most points and I'm in ninth place and I'm not going to get in. And also, too, when you get to this point in the year, guys who are out, who forget to set their lineups and stuff like that and, and lose a game that if they would have just started one person on the bench, they would have won. I feel like with overall points, that doesn't happen as much. Not nearly as fun, maybe, but maybe the more accurate portrayal of who the best team is. Yeah, it's certainly a more accurate portrayal. The way I really enjoy playing, and I play about, you know, like I, I want to say like I got four, four or five of the leagues that I'm in this year. We do it this way. And so... It took me forever. I finally got ESPN to do this, of course, and then I leave. But uh, so you can play this on ESPN and you can play this on like my fantasy league and some other ways. But where you, in essence, play, it's victory points. Some people call it the Howard Stern rule because it's a way they I used to be in a league with a bunch of the guys in the Howard Stern show. And so the first time I ever heard this rule was through that league. So some people call it the Howard Stern rule. But in essence, the rule is, is that say it's a 10 team league. You play your matchup, you play a head-to-head -head matchup, which is always fun, Jerry, and, and so you get that, you know, interaction. So, obviously, whoever wins, the five teams that win those head-to-head -head matches get one win, but the five highest-scoring teams in the league also get a win. So, in essence, every single week, you either go 2-0, 1-1, or 0-2, and, and so that way, if you're 
you're the third highest scoring team in the league that week, but you play the first place team and you lose, at least now you go one and one for the week. And so that's sort of the, uh, I really enjoy that because it, it's sort of the best of both worlds. It rewards the teams that score a lot of points, but also allows you the, the head-to-head matchup piece of it, which is, you know, the fun part of fantasy football that, you know, talking trash and going head-to-head and knowing that one matchup that you got to beat, you know. So you mentioned leaving ESPN for NBC, and I think it's actually a part of a bigger conversation about the landscape of which networks cover sports and weave in fantasy football, weave in betting. We're seeing this change as networks are catching up. So when you left ESPN after 15 years for NBC, you've said that some of that played into your decision. So what did tip the scale in NBC's favor for their plans for you? It's a little out of order. In essence, basically, I knew my deal was coming up at ESPN. And so, you know, we we were talking about an extension, you know, and I had a great run there and still a lot of friends still at the company. And, uh, you know, they said to me, I have this side business. I have a, a you know, it's a, it's a real business now, Fantasy Life, the Fantasy Life newsletter and fantasylife.com. We're up to seven full-time employees. You know, we're going to do seven figures in revenue this year. We're profitable. It's, you know, it's a, it's a real business. And by the way, for anyone that's a fantasy player, highly recommend checking out fantasylife.com and subscribing to the newsletter. It's 100% free. We don't ask you, we never ask you for a dime, but a lot of tools on fantasylife.com for both betting and fantasy league sync and waiver wire assistance. And it's just a great site. They do a great job with it. And so anyway, ESPN said to me simply, Hey, we want to sign you to a three-year extension, but we want you to focus just on ESPN. We don't want, you're going to have to give up this thing that you'd had a carve out for in your previous contract. And I love it. And I didn't want to give that up. And so as we were having those conversations, you know, we started talking to other people and, um, you know, there was, Hey, you know, my agents were like, Hey, Matthew might be available. And so we sort of gauged the interest of the community. And I was very flattered that there were a lot of companies out there that said like, Matthew's ever free. We'd be really interested in sitting down and talking to him. So anyway, ultimately ESPN and I decided to, you know, we decided to part friends and I decided to leave ESPN and I was incredibly flattered and overwhelmed by the reaction that, you know, that, that, uh, was online, you know, as I, I said to my wife, I said, well, it's really awesome to be trending on Twitter and not be dead or canceled. Seriously. You know, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, and so, um, so that was, that was really cool, a really cool moment for me. And so anyway, in terms of NBC, so we, you know, we, we started taking meetings and by we, I mean, you know, I have agents. And so we started taking meetings with all the people that had said like, yeah, if he's a free agent, we'd be really interested. And so we were like, Hey, I'm, I'm a free agent now. And you know, it's sort of interesting. I, uh, Olivia, I sort of made this joke before where it's like, you know, as you're going taking these meetings, it's a little bit like, you know, dating is a single parent. You're like, <laughs> Hey, listen, I, I, I know, you, I know you like me, but like, I also got this kid, you know, and I was just like, listen, you know, fantasy life comes with me. I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing anything without fantasy life. And NBC, NBC just came over the top in just such a massive way. NBC came to me and they said, look, we love you. We'd love you to come over here and really help us out in this space. We know how important betting and fantasy is, and it's something we want to, you know, really uh, dive into even more in a bigger way. And we think with you, we can do that. And so what we'd like to do is we'd like you to come over here. We want you to be a part of football night in America, you know, so the, the pregame to Sunday night football, the Amazing. biggest show in television, it's literally the, it's the second highest rated show on television, not the second highest rated sports show. It's the second highest rated show in television. The only thing higher rated than that is the actual football game. And sure. so, you know, for me, it's, you know, it was, it's the iconic pregame show. And that was always a big part of, of me. And I'll talk about this in a second, but I, I, it was important for me 
as I always try to sort of push the ball forward for fantasy football throughout my career, to be a part of NFL programming. That was a big part of me. And not just like sort of some sort of off to some side set on the mm-hmm. shoulder, like, you know, where you're just like 45 seconds because whatever, some sponsor started, you know, sponsored a start sit, you know, thing. And I'm doing like, you know, just be a truly integrated member of the cast of a pregame show. And so NBC said, we'll put you on football night in America. We're going to give you a daily show on, on Peacock. That'll be a podcast, of, you know, with your name on it. We'll do a Sunday show on Peacock and CNBC as well. We'll put you on football night in America. And as for fantasy life, they're like, we're totally comfortable with that. Chris Collinsworth owns pro football focus. Mike right. Floria owns pro football talk. Jim Cramer owns his investment club. So we've proven that we are. And I talked to some of those guys saying, what's your experience been with NBC? And they're like, it's been great. They're incredibly supportive of my side business. And, you know, they want me to accomplish what they need me to accomplish for NBC. And as long as I take care of that, like they're good. And that's been the case here. They're like, yeah, we're going to need you to do X, Y, and Z for us here at NBC. And as long as you do that, not only can you have fantasy life and promote it and contribute to it, but, you know, if we can figure out a way for it to be a, a mutually beneficial relationship between fantasy life and NBC Universal, we'll you know, we'll promote it, we'll support it. And so we're having those conversations now, which have been great and productive. And I mean, it's a, I say this with no disrespect to my former home, but it is a dream come true to be here, to be at NBC. They are, they have every single thing they've promised me, they have delivered on Mm. and over-delivered. It's been, it's been awesome. It's just been, it's been great. And so like, Olivia, just to take it full circle back to your question, what put them over the top? It was just that. I mean, like Mm -hmm. they, at the highest levels of the company, they, you know, they took me out to dinner and they recruited me and they're like, we're going to, we'll pay you a nice salary. We'll let you have fantasy life. We'll put you on football night in America. I mean, you know, it's like, where do I sign? It's great. Where do I sign? Good move. Yeah. That's no, great. Off of all that, what I find so fascinating too is uh, trying to relate to that. I've been acting for a long time, but I, I, get, I got like the opportunity to be in a Clint Eastwood movie and I was significantly more nervous than I ever was before to a point where I'm like, can I, do I even know how to do this? What is Matthew Berry feeling like moments before he's about to be on, as you said, the second biggest TV show in the country? Jerry, that's a great question. It's exactly the same thing that you felt like when you were on the set of that the first time, you know, you're on set and there's Clint, you know, like it's the same thing. I'm just like, and the other thing is my first time was we made the announcement and literally hours later, I was on the field for the, the preseason game, the very first game of the, of the year, the, the Hall of Fame game between the Raiders and the Jaguars. And so not only is it right, it's football night in America, but I also know like it's the first preseason game. It's the first game of the year. So there's gonna be a huge audience anyway. And then then you're on the field and you're at the Hall of Fame. Right. And so like, you know, I'm standing there on the field and like, whatever, there's, you know, Trevor Lawrence walks by and then, you know, I see Devontae Adams, you know, screwing around with Derek Carr and you're like, and then, you know, it's like Mike Tirico walks. Hey, Mike, you know, hey, Matthew, welcome to the team. You know, Chris Collinsworth, like, you know, these guys that I've watched for years and years and years and I knew Mike from my days at ESPN, so that helped, but, you know, super nervous and like, yeah, I mean, I'd been on TV almost every day of my life for 15 years, you know, on ESPN, and I don't think I've ever had butterflies like that because it's one thing where you're like, ah, my dumb little podcast or whatever I'm doing, even when I was doing like fantasy football now or the Sunday show, that kind of stuff, it just, right, you know, Jerry, right, you've been acting your whole life and it's just sort of, I've done it for 15 years, it's like, you know, I know what I'm doing, but I was so my heart's beating a million miles a minute and trying to remember what I'm saying. And, you know, they're in your ear rap and throw to Chris and what I'm doing. Cause my first segment was with Chris Sims. And yeah, I mean, it, I still, honestly, you know, it's gotten a lot better, but I still get nervous every Sunday night. Everyone's watching. 
<laughs> the world's watching. Everyone's watching. It is. I mean, like, well, because they literally say that. Like, and so my producer, Matt Casey, he'll well, like, like we're watching the game. The, the show starts at seven o'clock. And so we'll still, we've got in the background, we've got the late games. But once, you know, and they'll end. And so I usually don't show up in the show until later on in the show. And so like, you know, segment six and segment seven and segment eight. And so, which are whatever, towards the end of the show. And so we'll have, you know, our, our earpieces in and everything like that. And we'll see like the, the last late game go final. And Matt always goes, all right, man, uh, he'll just say whatever, whatever the late game was. Kansas City Dever just went final. All right, guys, the whole country's with us. Let's go. You know, and it, it's like, and it's true, right? I mean, because, right, you know, you, like everyone watches that show. And so um, uh, it's definitely <laughs> nerve wracking. It's that like, please don't screw up. Please don't screw up. And then, Jerry, and then you know this, too, is because now that you've gotten into the betting and fantasy world as well, like in addition to like just, OK, please don't screw up. Then you're like, okay, whatever it is, you know, 12 million, 14 million people are watching me. This past week, 14 million people or whatever it was saw me say, <laughs> I think Tua has a great game and just kills the Charger. Right. Yeah. It was like, right. I regret that <sighs> in a big way. Why did I just, you know, why did I just tell so many people? Why did I believe in Tua? You know, it comes with the territory, but people have been great. The response has been absolutely terrific. And what's really cool is, and this helps you to answer your question, Jerry is that NBC and specifically the cast of Football Night have been so welcoming because it's I've been in situations many times in my life where it's just like, oh, what's the fantasy nerd doing here? What's the like, <laughs> oh, we got to do betting. We got to, oh, man, you know, everything like that. And I have to tell you to a person when I came on the set, and I'm like, so I'm the new guy, right? I mean, like, and they've they've built this great show that's, you know, super successful over the years. And so I'm, I'm the new guy showing up. And, you know, Jason Garrett's new this year as well. But like, you know, that's a guy that everyone that watches football has been seeing for years and years and years on the sideline. And he's been in the NBC family because he was calling USL game, USFL games last year. And I'm the new guy and the fantasy nerd and everything like that. And everyone was just like, hey, man, it's awesome. Thanks so much. They were like thanking me. We're like, oh, we're so glad you're here. And like, oh, we we need to do more in fantasy and betting. And we're so glad yeah. you're here. And you give us credibility in the space. And like Maria Taylor, who I'd never met at ESPN because she worked on pro basketball and college football, which I never did. So I like I literally never interacted with her at ESPN. I walk up to shake hands with Maria to say hi. Wow. And she just immediately hugs me and she mm. goes, welcome home. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, and just right. I mean, like Maria's the best whatever. And it's just a great casting crew that have made me feel so welcome. I'm so glad to hear that. Maria is the best. I we both went to yeah. Georgia a couple of years apart and then I knew her at ESPN on the college football side. But I've got to ask you, because I think he may be the nicest man in show business. Mike Tirico. Is he not just the best? He is the second nicest man in oh. show business because I will tell you that Tony Dungy ah. is like is like Saint Tony. It's yeah. unbelievable. But yes, Mike is great. He's been really encouraging. You know, Mike's a fellow Orangeman like myself. Yes. We both went to Syracuse. And um, oh, that doesn't uh, narrow it down in our industry. That does not no, narrow it not. down. It, it certainly <laughs> not does not. But, but Tariko is you're 100 percent right. Oh, Tariko is great. He's the consummate professional. He is so good on air. He's just I'm in awe of him right. and his play by play skills and, and just how good he is. But um, yeah, we he said hi to me before the game. But after the game, all of us were back at the hotel and the casting crew were you know, we had like some pizzas and beers and stuff like that. And he pulled me over to the side and he was just like, here's the difference between ESPN and NBC. Here's what you can expect. And just sort of gave me, you know, a really nice kind of welcome here. You're going to love it here. Here's kind of a lay of the land. Here's some things that I found helpful. And by the way, you know, here's my selling email. Still had it from ESPN, but it's just like, do you have it? You want to make sure? And mm -hmm. 
Anyway, he's, yeah, Tariko's the best. He's lovely. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned being at Canton, right? You know, you're a very busy guy, so we could maybe potentially end on this depending on your answer. I think there's a great opportunity for the NFL to include fantasy in the Hall of Fame, like a wing, like a, like a, a wing. And I think if anyone's ever going to preside over who gets in, maybe not the green jacket or a yellow jacket, maybe it's a silver jacket. I think you would be maybe the best call ever to preside over that. I appreciate that, Jerry. That's high, uh, high praise. I'll say this. I certainly think fantasy deserves a place somewhere in the Hall of Fame, some sort of acknowledgement. I will tell you that fantasy baseball is in the Hall of Fame in yes. Cooperstown. Oh, I didn't like know that. They have the original, they have the, the original constitution of the, the very first, the rotisserie yeah. league baseball guys, and, and those guys have been honored at the Hall of Fame. So fantasy football has brought so much joy and interest into the game, and there are, you know, people over the years have tried to do fantasy Hall of Fames and that kind of stuff, but I do feel like, a hundred percent. I think that's a great idea, Jerry. It should be. I don't know how it's, you know, I'm, I'm not the curator of the Hall of Fame. I, I'll leave it to the, the, the people that are in charge of that to figure out how. But it absolutely it's too it's too woven into the game. It's too important to the overall fan enjoyment of the game to not have some sort of acknowledgement at the Hall of Fame. All right. Do you have one player before you go then? If you are doing an inductee, now this could be a personal one. You don't have to go on who are the, maybe just the best ever, a personal Matthew Barry, if it's my Hall of Fame, because maybe something this player did for you. Like for me, it's Randy Moss, only because of what he did for me for three specific years on that Patriots run. He helped get me my only chip. Who fits that criteria for you that's meant the most to you that you would say, that guy gets the silver jacket or whatever color our jackets are. Yeah, I mean, gosh, guys, there's, I mean, there's so many. I've been playing fantasy for so long. I know. It's probably not fair because you have, you know, you can make a case for everyone. Really can. I mean, like, you know, I, listen, my, my very first fantasy league ever, I had Cordell Stewart, you Great know, call. and he was like awesome that one year. And very first year I ever played fantasy football. I've been playing fantasy sports much longer than that. But that was in college. Listen, Darren Waller. Darren Waller's, you know, kind of breakout year with the Raiders. He was a big sleeper for me. And I won a, like a, a deep industry dynasty league where I, I beat a bunch of big names in the mm. fantasy football industry. And it was, it was a tight end premium league. And I had Waller. So, like, he's important to me. I also have Mahomes in that league. I love, you know, I love Mahomes. God, I have to, you know, I have to think about that one, really. I mean, you know, it's, it's always sort of Jalen Hurts this oh. year, like, who's my ride or die. And he's made me Brock look great. Brock Purdy this year. As well. Yeah. <laughs> What a crazy story Brock Purdy is uh, as well. So, you know, I'd, I'd have to, I, boy, I'd have to really. Well, um, think about it. Come I'd back and maybe give us a little. <laughs> anyone, all those guys. I mean, listen, uh, Brandon Marshall, oh, you know, Brandon okay. Marshall, especially like his rookie 20 year, reception games. Like, he won me a championship. Yeah. Like, you know, so there's, uh, there's a bunch of guys that I would, uh, I would throw in there, you know, as well. So speaking of Brock Purdy, there have been 54 different starting quarterbacks this year, which is mind blowing considering that if yeah. each team started two, we'd be at 64. So we're almost at each team starting new two quarterbacks with that in mind. And with the fantasy perspective, what do you see from some of these backups that are now starters and who's going to do well for guys fantasy leagues? It's a great question, Olivia. You know, I think it's all dependent. It's, you know, it, what I will tell you though, is it, what's interesting is, is that Fantasy success in general comes from two things, talent and opportunity. And so a lot of these quarterbacks now have the opportunity. Do they have the talent? You're always surprised by it. Like Brock Purdy was a little bit of a surprise just because you didn't think he would run. You know, you don't think he's more of a pocket passer. He's not going to run. 
it's hard for a quarterback to have fantasy success when they don't run, right? Generally in today's NFL, like you have to be able to, if you're going to have tremendous success as a non-running quarterback, you have to be like just a massive touchdown equity pocket passer like Joe Burrow, right? And so, you know, it just would pretty have that and pretty ended up doing that. He's a little more mobile than I think people gave him credit for. I don't know that there's anyone that you feel great about. You know, I, I will say that I think we saw the Kyler Murray injury last night, which is just awful. I don't think Colt McCoy is going to be a great fantasy quarterback, but I think he's going to be competent enough to keep the fantasy prospects of DeAndre Hopkins and Marquise Brown alive, James Conner. He doesn't have the arm that Kyler Murray does, so I think he's going to dump off to, you know, James Conner a lot. I think when Rondell Moore comes back, if he comes back next week, I think Rondell Moore becomes pretty interesting. I will say if there's a backup quarterback that I would stream this week that's available in more than whatever, you know, 60% of Yahoo leagues or ESPN leagues, Mike White becomes interesting to me. He's at home against Detroit. So Mike White, in the three games in which he started, he's averaging at least 43 pass attempts. He's averaging 317 passing yards. He faces the Lions. Detroit allows the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Mm. Over the last four weeks, the Lions are giving up the third most passing yards per game. This game is in New York. Now, as we tape this podcast, the expectation is that White will be starting. He took a couple shots to the ribs. So it's not 100%. But like, if you're asking me, like, give me a backup quarterback that I could stream this week, Mike White would be my choice. I've got just one more before I let you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's Anything? this That's about right. you giving Jay-Z fantasy football advice? <laughs> It's a fun story. Ten years ago, I get a I get a call from a guy named Mike, and he says, you know, hey Matthew, we we're all big fans. My, my league's a big fan of yours, and uh, we'd love you to come by our draft and hang out, you know, and just you can just kind of critique the picks, you know, give your analysis and that kind of stuff. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, it's in New York on this date, and I'm just like, listen, Mike, I don't know this guy from a whole wall. Right? I'm like, listen, Mike, I, I'm flattered. I, I really am. I appreciate it, but you know, I. August is my busiest month. I live in Connecticut. It's like two hours to get to New York. And I just, I'm just, you know, I'm swamped. And I just, I just don't do that, honestly. I just don't go to no. random yeah. people's leagues and hang out for three and a half hours. I'm sorry, you know. And he goes, well, it's, it's for Jay-Z's league. When do you need me? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, what are the directions? Uh, what am I wearing? I mean, like, you know, like, so, you know, and I've told this story many times, but anyway, so I walk in and it was, um, and so Jay-Z's league, the guy, Mike, that was asking me to be in the league is a guy named Mike Kaiser, who's the president of Atlantic Records and oh. at Little Burger on uh, Instagram as well. A lot of people don't. So he's he's very close friends with Jay and has been for 20 years. And so uh, and so I've just sort of I've now gone to that draft for 10 years. And so when I'm at the draft, sort of everyone kind of like I'm kind of like a, a community property, if you will. And so there'll be times <laughs> where Jay will call me over and uh, ask me for some advice or Mike Kaiser. Chris Paul is in that league. Wow. Uh, Irv Gotti from Murder, Inc. He's in that league. Jesse Itzler, who's one of the co-owners yeah. of the Atlanta Hawks. He's in that league. Great motivational speak speaker. Uh, Steve Stout from United Masters and Translation. He's in that league. Like uh, Kevin Lyles, who, you know, uh, 300 Entertainment, former president of Def Jam. He's in that league. Like, it's, That's a heavy hitter. It's yeah. all legends. It's legends back and forth. Juan Perez, the president of Rock Nation Sports. He's in that league. Like, it's all... It's all legends. It's all, you know, we all just sort of pop around and people will, hey, Barry, you know, I'm thinking about these two guys who will say so. So I give, you know, Jay advice uh, in that sense that, you know, I'm at the, you know, I'm at the at the draft. He's a really good player. He's the last year he he won the championship. You know, he's a really good player. He's he's in the playoffs this year. He's um, uh, so, you know, 
He's a really good player. He doesn't really need my help. What did the loser in that league have to do? I've got to know. It's got to be big stakes. They don't have a loser punishment. I will say it's a pricey league to <laughs> yeah, get into. Yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, it's How definitely much? a pricey league. It's one of those, Olivia, that if you have to ask. You can't you afford can't it. Afford yeah, you can't afford to be it. Just, well, just, I already uh, knew that. I'll leave it there. Kay. I'll say, though, that their trophies are in terms of first place. So Jay has a deal with Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. And so when he won the championship last year, they designed him. Oh my God. A, I mean, it's a Tiffany designed fantasy football trophy. It's the most beautiful thing what? I've ever seen in my life. Like it's gorgeous. I don't even know what it costs, but like, I mean, so it's, um, it's just, uh, the, the trophies in that, in that league are, um, just absolutely, uh, insane. There's a lot of stories to, that I could tell about the league. The one thing I'll say that is sort of interesting, this. it's a great league and the, all the guys in that league are great. And it's always one of my favorite days of the year is just going there and hanging out with all those guys. What's funny is the very first time I meet, uh, Jay-Z, I don't know what to call him. Yeah. Right. Cause it's not like, it's not like you get introduced right. to him the way you normally would. Like, hi, I'm Olivia, you know, Matthew, meet Olivia, Olivia, meet Matthew. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. How are you? Right. You don't, it's, it's just like, he's him. Right. You know what I mean? And so like, and so he motioned me over, uh, and wanted to ask me a couple of questions, but I don't know what to like, do I call him like, you know, like, you know, do I call him Jay? Do I call him Hove? Do I call him Mr. Carter? Do I call him Mr. Z? You know, like, what do I, how do I, how do I address oh. the friends? You know what I mean? Like, what do I, I don't know what to, you know, I'm, I'm literally sweating bullets thinking oh. like, how do I address him? You know what I mean? Cause I don't, it's not like I've been introduced and it's not like we're friends. And I mean, he's, you know, you know, to me, he's the closest thing we have to royalty in this country. Absolutely. And, and so anyway, you I'm call him Sean? Super, I don't, isn't his name Sean? What? Isn't yeah, his name they, Sean? Right. Exactly. Sean, like, right. But tough. I, I call him Mr. Carter. <laughs> like, that's a tough I, intro. Yeah. You got to hope someone buffers <laughs> right, that for but, you. Right. You know, King, Mr. President, like, King. what do I, call, you, know, <laughs> you know, and anyway, eventually everyone in the league, everyone in the league calls him Jay or Hove. And so mm. like, um, like after like about three hours in, I sort of, I kind of floated a little trial balloon, like, Hey Jay, what do you think about this tight end here? You know? And he didn't, he didn't react. So I was like, okay, I can, I, I'm a, I can call him Jay. All right. Good. So <laughs> he's great. By the way, he's the one thing I'll say about him. What I will say is, is that what's incredible to me is that if you didn't know who he was like you know what i mean like if you just met him without any context whatsoever you would not know he's him Mm -hmm. like he's like he's he's the most down-to-earth like normal dude you would ever meet you know what i mean like he's just he's super chill and just like it's really it's disarming to be honest with you like it's uh in terms of just how unaffected he is if if that makes any sense like he's just like the most normal guy and you know and you're like you know anyway you know what i mean and yet like i've i've been at events with him or i've you know been in places with him and it's just like he he can't walk three feet without being surrounded yeah. by 20 people mm. i mean he's just like he's that iconic and right. anyway but i love that guy i mean i just i absolutely love him wow that's a good story. We we definitely That's might. We've kept wrap. you long enough. We're going to have to get you back for a follow-up because there's so much more to talk about. But Matthew Berry, thank you so much for being here. Good luck with the rest of the season. Add, keep adding to the, the trophy case for sure. And also, as you know, we will all be watching on Football Night in America. So continued oh, success with that. Love watching you. Love seeing you succeed and doing your thing. You look like you're having a blast. So uh, thank you for taking the time and coming on here and talking to us. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Glad we were able to make this work. Thank you again for stopping by. And uh, yeah, co- please come back if you could fit us, if you could fit us in. We'd love to have you back as we get into playoffs or even leading into next year. Yeah, anytime, man. Happy to do it. 
Love you guys. All right. Appreciate Thank it. You so Take much. care. You know when you hear that music, it is time to talk Entourage, to go back into Jerry's past and ask him really all the behind the scenes stuff. And I've got a good episode this week. I'm dying to ask you about, Jer. It's the Joshua Tree episode, <laughs> the tripping shrooms. This has to be one of the episodes you're asked the most about. I know you say that frequently, but this one's got to be a fan favorite. It is definitely up there. Oh, this is such a good one to talk about because... uh you know, we always talk about those episodes where we go somewhere really cool and usually spend mm -hmm. like a few days shooting there, whether it was Hawaii or Cannes, Joshua Tree, which is really cool. Not the greatest place to shoot in like the middle of July in the desert when it's 110 oh. degrees. But the episode itself is one of my favorites because it, it was such like a non-Hollywood thing. And the whole premise of mm -hmm. we're going there to find answers of Vince to do Benji the movie is just hilarious. <laughs> premise there's a lot here so i'm curious what you want to talk about first because i have a few stories off the top of my head okay well i first have to ask because i always thought if i was an actress and i had to be drunk in a scene i've always said this i would have a couple drinks before the episode so my question is did you guys do anything to loosen up a little bit before shooting this to my recollection and i can definitely speak for myself <laughs> and i can speak for the other guys no no one no one did anything and I've been asked a lot about, look, have, have I ever had a drink on a set before where I have no lines and it's a party scene? Yes. But here's how I would describe it. If you have to play drunk or high, typically, what do drunk people or even stoned people say when you ask them, are you fucked up? They say, no, no, I'm not. No. They try so yeah. <laughs> hard to play it straight. So if you really watch that episode, we're not, do and we talked a lot about this. We're not doing like too much of the, whoa, it's so trippy. Yep. It's. Subtle. The funny thing is, and Connolly, Kevin Connolly in the episode was giving Doug Ellen a lot of shit because he's like, Doug, I have no lines in the episode. My yeah. character doesn't <laughs> it's speak. It's the best part. It's the best part. And he got nominated for a Golden Globe that year the, for oh, the whole season. But like, it's like he complained. <laughs> and you'll see in the next episode, there's a lot of jokes about him. He complained the most about these two episodes and he got nominated for a Golden Globe three months later. Oh, my gosh. No, it was great when he says, he writes down, my mouth won't <laughs> my mouth say won't words talk. or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, th there's so many lines in that, in that episode. And it's funny, in some shows, I know it does contribute to the overall plot, but it does seem like kind of a one-off. Yes. Like, I don't, isn't there a phrase for that in Hollywood? Like in Ted Lasso, it's the one, there's one Christmas scene. There's like one really trippy scene. Yeah, it's kind Ted of Lasso like. Ted Lasso I know has two of it's them. It's kind of like episodic, meaning like it has a beginning, middle, and end. Theoretically. There's not a ton of the overall storyline that gets pushed. Like the only overall storyline really was should Vince do Benji or should he go after yeah. smoke jumpers? So he gets that yeah. answer. But yeah, in a box, that episode has its own beginning, middle and end. And it, yes. you can watch it by itself without really knowing what's going on in the show. And it will still work for you. Oh, and then the Ari and Lloyd banter in that episode is so good you know lloyd's my favorite character yeah it was they were doing oh. what na like naked pictionary in the pool that's a yeah. lot of fun funny story about uh, arnold the dog who in the episode we're yeah. looking for the entire time that dog's real name is rocky okay okay so like i said it's 110 degrees there are rattlesnakes in joshua tree there was a take we did with rocky 
And then at the end of the take, he just ran back to his trailer and Rocky would not come out of the trailer. He, Rocky basically <laughs> wrapped himself. He's like, I'm Diva. done. I'm done with the desert. <laughs> Fuck you guys. It's over. So Rocky wrapped himself. So he's the biggest diva of, of all of you. For sure. Like. Absolutely. So I guess I just have to know what inspiration do you draw on when you're acting like you're tripping on mushrooms? Do you just draw on real life experiences? <laughs> I would say you could say a little real life or maybe a little stories you heard. You know, okay. we definitely, like I said, we all got together and made the plan along with our director and Doug Ellen of like, we're not going to go for the like, wow, so trippy. Yeah. You can't overact. It. Right. That story with my character at the end where he's like kind of crying, like, I want to call my mom. Apparently that really happened yeah. with some, with either it was either Connolly or Doug or one of their friends. That's a real story. <laughs> uh, Kevin Dillon has the line that. of the, the show. The first time I got drunk, I said, someone right. call, call my, my mom. mom. Uh, call my mom. <laughs> Kevin Dillon had the line of the show, which I won't repeat, where he's peeing and he says, I thought I pulled my off. You yeah. know? <laughs> Everyone was firing on all cylinders that episode, but we were very happy to get back to L.A. after that. Yeah, yeah. Any other stories pertaining to that episode? Because again, it was just like a dime. Yes, I do think so. Eric Roberts, who had the cameo playing himself, great actor, yeah. Eric Roberts, yeah. and he's driving that Winnebago. And do you remember that part where Vince sees like the firefighter and then he sees himself for a second? He thinks he's still... There was like a crane shot we were doing, right? So there's a crane in a car next to us following the Winnebago and the arm of it's like shooting us while we drive. And I feel like Eric Roberts almost took out the crane. Oh, no. Yeah, I think, I think there was a chance that like we almost died. I think that, So he was actually driving the Winnebago. Yeah, he was driving the Winnebago for parts, oh, not the whole time, but for certain parts he was driving yeah. the, the Winnebago. And last story, you know, we, we, were, we were in a hotel or a motel, I should say, very close, but there was a night when we were driving to a different location and we stopped at a Mohegan Sun or one of those types of places. Yeah. And we were gan we played some blackjack and craps and we were on a heater. It was a great episode. So we all won money too. It was a great episode. Now that's a recurring theme I've noticed when you guys have gone to Vegas and I, you guys end up hitting the tables pretty hard. It's great that now you work in sports gambling. Yes. You were just getting your feet wet. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I've been training for this my whole life. All right. Well, I, kn I knew you'd have good stories on that episode. That was such a good episode. Okay, let's get over to our BetMGM betting analyst. We're not calling him expert, <laughs> analyst, Peter Andrews. The Lions. Lions. All right, Peter, welcome back. I'm looking at last week. Not a bad week, only down two units from last week. I did love your over teaser because we love over players because I'm an emotional better. So it didn't pan out. We could blame our Dolphins Chargers matchup for that. But you did hit on your boy Brock Purdy, did his thing for you. Got to feel yep. good about that. And then your teaser, you know, you had the you had the Browns. Did you have the Browns in the teaser? Yeah, you had the Browns in the teaser. You you asked for it. You I asked for it. it. One point, one measly point, I would have hit that. Chiefs did their business. I think that's you're right. That's what I get for betting on Browns. But but yeah. Brock Purdy kept me somewhat floating towards even. I still mutter about that Jets comeback win over the Browns that destroyed my six leg parlay. I still will wake up in the middle of the night being like, fuck it, Browns ruining that. I still will wake up in the middle of the night thinking about that. But it's a new week. Your man Brock Purdy is legit. So let's see if we can make the people some some money here. What does Peter Andrews, what is your menu looking like this week? Yeah, so two weeks in a row, he was game of the week, Fox, 
on Sunday, Thursday night football at Seattle this mm-hmm. week. Uh, I know he's technically on the injured list. I think he's questionable. They got an MRI on his oblique, but based off everything he said, he's good to go. Uh, so we're doing an OGP for the Niners. I couldn't resist two units here. So uh, first is just Niners money line. Very plain and simple. I don't love the points here. I think it's going to be closer than people uh, expect. And I think it's a low scoring game. What's the spread right now, Pete? Spread is uh, Niners are minus three and a half. Correct. In so, Seattle. Okay. Minus three and a half. And they're staying away. Staying away. I just like money line here. So taking Niners money line. I'm taking Seattle under 21 and a half points. So they played early in the season. Niners kept them to seven. I think yeah. Niners defense obviously matches up really well against them like they do with the rest of the NFL. Um, so I see similarities uh, from early on to, to right now. If anything, the defense has gotten better. Um, in Seattle then, without K-9. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of it. But San Fran without Debo. San Fran without Debo. Dodged a bullet there. Looks like only four to six weeks. Yeah. Thank God. This week is going to be about the running game. I think Seattle's got a bottom three defense, run defense uh, specifically. So I'm boosting McCaffrey up from, I think it's right around 60, 70 yards was his over-under. I'm actually taking 100 plus. So I think this is a heavy run game. They're going to exploit them with their zone running. Those three things combined plus 425. So that's 20 bucks to an 85. So that's two units there. Really like all three. McCaffrey looked awesome last week. It's just funny because I think feel like they use their offense for probably two and a half quarters maybe yeah because things were just so out of control i think you could have seen record numbers from lots of guys purdy didn't even hit over 200 yards because they essentially took him out of the game didn't have to right so um i think it'll be a little bit different a little closer here lower scoring like i said i can see something like a 21 17 niners win so yeah 425 i think good value there for just three picks in the one game parlay good value and yeah without walker and without debo i like the mccaffrey over rushing yards and the under 21 and a half seattle points okay two units 20 to win 85 love that do we have a teaser this week we do have a teaser this oh boy. week first real quick you got bills minus one and a half at home against miami love it miami's been on a bit of a steep decline here haven't looked great Rumor last week, you know, or the last couple of weeks when they play in cold weather, 55 degree weather, they're using heat warmers on the bench. <laughs> we love that rumor. It's going to be. You don't say. It's going to be. It's going to be what? 15 to 20 degrees in Buffalo terrible. this weekend. They are oh. going to suffer. Uh, I was half considering taking this alone, but I'm just teasing it down to one and a half in case something funky happens. Vikings, I've teased them down to plus two against the Colts. If this was any other team, I would not be looking at the Vikings. They have a horrendous defense, specifically their pass defense. But the good news is the Colts can't throw the ball. Right. So I think must-win game for them. You know, they're pretty locked into their playoff spot, obviously, but they're fighting for the 2-3 seed. And I think this is an important game to get kind of back on track. So I like Vikings to take care of business probably pretty handily. And then Jags plus 10.5. I've teased that. They're at home against Dallas. Dallas looked really shaky last week against Houston, against your Houston Texans. I actually think Jags win this game outright this week. So uh, I think the 10 and a half points there is a nice little buffer. Trevor Lawrence looks awesome. I mean, it's taken a Ooh. year and change, Finally, but he's actually got some weapons now. I think this dude, Zay Jones is legit. They have ATN. I mean, they have some weapons now to build off of him. And I think he's, he's kind of proven himself to be that legitimate number one overall pick. So could sprinkle some money line there with some extra, uh, extra units, but 10 and a half seems really good, especially at home. Okay. So that's five units. You got five remaining 
How are you going to use the remaining five? Big week for you, Peter yeah. Andrew. Similar to last week, how I felt so good about the Niners, minus three and a half. I got my lock of the week. I've been talking about this since the game on Sunday. Ooh, lock of the week. Lions plus one at the Jets yeah. at MetLife. Wow. They've already beat a MetLife team once this year. I think you remember that, Jerry. I do, and that te- typically happens when teams play both Giants and Jets in Jersey. They usually win both games. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, there's a combination of things here. Start with the Jets. Mike White got shaken up real bad last week, so he's clearly not going to be playing at 100%. I think he was in and out of the game like three times last week. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got a cracked rib from the hits he's taken. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to this week, you got guys like Aiden Hutchinson coming at him. I think he's in for a bit of a rude awakening. And then on the other side of the ball, you got the Lions, who, again, similar to the Jags, seem like they have a kind of complete offense right now. They've traded away TJ Hawkinson, but you bring in a guy like Jamison Williams last week, got his first touchdown, which is amazing to see after that torn ACL. Jamal Williams looks great. They've, they're playing really complete football. They are probably going to end up short of the playoffs just because they put themselves in a pretty deep hole to start the season. But they're going to do everything in their power, and Dan Campbell specifically, to get right close to that seven seed, especially if you see teams like the Giants or the Commanders tail off a little bit, even Seattle. They've got a shot still. And clearly he's putting every trick in the book out on the field. I mean, fake punts. Panay Sewell with a fourth down completion, their star guard. <laughs> so they're they're going for it. And I, I love to see it. And I think that's what people were kind of hoping watching Hard Knocks this year is seeing that team really kind of ride behind their coach. So I think they win. I think they win big. Jets are on the way down here. They have not looked great. And obviously a bunch of injuries have, have kind of turmoiled their season a little bit. So five units, minus 110, plus one lines there. It's not worth the value of money line. It's only, uh, I think, an extra five cents. So. Take the plus one just in case, um, but really like the Lions this week. Okay, that's a good argument. I think that I do think that teams that win one, if they go into Met, like you know the Sinatra as it called or whatever, I think that's that's in play here. And the Lions are surging. I mean, I I think that this is a better time. We talked about the Lions and Jared Goff a lot today, so this is a good this is a good bet. I'm I'm definitely gonna ride with you on that OGP. Yeah, just don't get him started again, Peter. Don't. Hopefully yeah. on the same side as me and not go opposing everything. No, I'm on the said. same side as you. Yeah, I'm on a draft. Don't draft the quarterback side, which is a healthy debate for right now. But let's see how the rest of the year goes. But I, I really like the OGP. I don't know how, if, what, how, what you were feeling, Olivia. Well, unlike Jerry, I ride with you every week, Peter. Every week. We will see you next week. I'm excited for all of your hot takes. And I also like, you know, kind of selfishly when you're wrong, when you're bad, because it's nice to rub it in because we have that friendly rivalry. Both Jerry and I are always going to be against you as a 49er fan. That's one thing we have in common. But thanks again for popping thanks, on. Everyone, make sure you follow us and subscribe to the podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And on the YouTube page, if you want to watch us, because... You know, Jerry just looks even better than he sounds, so you've got to watch it. But thanks, guys, for joining us. See you next week. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. 
the Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.